Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We're going to ask you to take your Bible and turn with us to the book of Matthew in the seventh chapter, beginning at verse number 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Then we're going to read over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 35. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, we read these words. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring man, though fools shall not err therein. In the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter, he speaks of the broad way that leads to destruction. But Isaiah 35 speaks about the way of holiness, speaks about a highway. And I'd like to bring a message by the help of God. How can you get from the broad way to the highway of holiness? I'm glad that there's a way that an individual who's traveling the broad way that leads to destruction can travel over and get on the highway of holiness. It don't take hours. It don't take weeks. It don't take months or years to get from the broad way that leads to destruction to be traveling on the highway of holiness. The Philippian jailer asked the question, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Job 25.4 said, How then can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean, which is born of a woman? We're all either traveling the broad way that leads to destruction, or we're on the straight and narrow way, which is the highway of holiness. You know, the good news is nobody will be lost because the way of salvation is too complicated. The book of Isaiah said in chapter 35, though fool, though wayfaring man shall not err therein. Oh, dear ones, it's certainly not enough to be religious. There's a lot of religious people on that seemeth right way. Amen. Nicodemus was a man that had a profession of religion, but he had not yet experienced the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to this very religious man, ye must be born again. And I believe that if Jesus was here today, he would say to many, many religious people, ye must be born again. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door. He didn't say I'm one of the doors. He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, He shall be saved. There's no other way to get in 
but to come through him. And the Bible says in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. Thank God. There's no salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You know what? God knows what road I'm traveling and he knows what road you're traveling. Amen. He knows all about every one of us. His eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth beholding the good and the evil and we can't hide nothing from God because there's an eye watching you and there's an eye watching me. How are we going to get all the way over to the highway of holiness. The first thing you gotta do is turn right on hearing road. Everybody that gets saved has to turn right on hearing road. Somebody said, what do you mean by that? Well, we read over here in the word of God, in the book of Romans and the 10th chapter, Listen to what God's word has to say. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him and whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him and whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is where an individual must start. Amen. They start by turning right down here in Rome. Friend, if we want to get our loved ones saved, we need to get them under the sounding of the gospel because the word of God has a softening effect upon a heart that's honest before God. The Bible says in the book of Romans, the first chapter and verse number 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so this is God's plan. He chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe according to 1 Corinthians the first chapter and verse number 21. And the Bible lets us know the importance of turning down hearing road when it said in the book of James the first chapter of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that they should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Amen, the Bible said in 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The eunuch had to find hearing road, amen. 
and he found Hearing Road out in the desert. And Philip joined himself to the eunuch and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I understand except some man teach me? And so it was with Cornelius. He had to find hearing road, amen. And we find, friend, that while Peter yet spake the word of God, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. The Philippian jailer had to go to hearing road, amen. And their friend, uh, he asked the question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Friend, the sinners on the day of Pentecost did not know what to do and they had to find hearing road. And the Bible says in Acts 2.37, now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They didn't know what to do. So they had to go to hearing Rome. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you. So the eunuch didn't know what to do. Cornelius didn't know what to do. The Philippian jailer didn't know what to do. And that's why God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And then my friend, that's the first road that the sinner must take. And the next road uh, that the sinner must take is Acknowledge Avenue. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 32 and verse number five, he said, I acknowledge, amen. David acknowledged his sin. And true repentance presupposes a frank and broken-hearted acknowledgement of our wicked failure to keep God's righteous law. You first need to know that you are utterly lost. If you've never been born again, then you are utterly lost without God, without hope, without strength, absolutely bankrupt as having any goodness of your own that could entitle you to salvation. I like what the Word of God has to say in the book of Mark, the second chapter, and verse number 17. It says, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Thank God everyone who realizes his hopeless, helpless condition and is willing to break with sin and the devil can be set free by God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then friend, the third street that you gotta take is confessing circle. The Bible says in Psalms 32 and verse number five, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. Mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. David had to get to confessing circle. The Bible said in the book of first John and the first chapter and verse number nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pardon in the scriptures always 
presupposes that there is a complete confession and there's no promise of any forgiveness until there's a confession of sin. If a man is not willing to confess and forsake sin, he has not taken one step toward heaven. Because the Bible said in Proverbs 28 and verse number 13, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. In Isaiah 55 and verse number seven, he said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God he will abundantly pardon. And then friend, you gotta turn right. You don't ever turn left. You always turn right. You gotta turn right on repentance road. Amen, in Luke 13, three, Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus preached that it's essential that you go down repentance road. Peter preached the only way that a person can have their sins blotted out, and that is to turn right on repentance road. In Acts 3.19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And that's the only way. Your sins can be blotted out. Amen. And the Bible said that God has commanded all men everywhere to turn right down repentance road. In Acts 17, and verse number 30, at the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. You know what that is? That is a universal command. There's no way to ever get on the highway of holiness if you don't repent. And friend, this is the reason we got so many religious people today in Christendom is because that people have made professions of religion that have never repented. Amen. It's no longer popular to preach on repentance. Amen. The world don't want to hear that they must repent. Therefore, we got people joining churches, being baptized in water, putting their name on the church book that's never truly repented of their sins. Amen. You know, you really can't repent of your sins if you don't count the cost. The old saying, you get what you pay for, holds true in religion. The same as other things. Good religion is not cheap, and cheap religion is not good. Many fail to go through because they don't count the cost to begin with, you gotta count the cost. Amen, in the book of Luke 14 and 26, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and his sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you intending to build a tower, set it not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily, after he have laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, and all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it. Or what king going to make war against another king set it not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the others yet a great way off he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. We must be willing to give up the world. And I know when you talk like this, uh, people say, let me tell you something, salvation is free. That's right, salvation is free. Discipleship costs and it pays to serve Jesus. Somebody said, what is repentance? It's more than a change of mind. It's more than a change of heart. It's a change of action. When a person truly repents, friend, there's gonna be a heart change. And not only a heart change, there's gonna be a change in their action. They're gonna start living different. They're gonna start doing different because he said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold all things are become new. In 2 Corinthians 7 and verse number 10, what did he tell us about repentance? For godly sorrow, work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Godly sorrow will lead to a change, a reformation. Godly sorrow will be followed by putting away the evils of our life. We must feel the guilt of our sins and that Jesus bore our agony in our stead. Friend, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is interested in your repentance. Not only that, according to the book of Luke and the 15th chapter, verse number seven, the angels in heaven are interested in your repentance. Not only that, according to God's word in the book of Revelation 22 and verse number 17, the bride, the church, we who are saved, we're interested in your repentance because he said uh, in the spirit and the bride say come and let him that hears say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. My friend, even the lost in hell is interested in your repentance. The rich man wanted Lazarus to go warn his brothers lest they come into this place of torment. Think about that. If something is so important that three worlds is interested in it, sinner, I think it's time that you become interested in repentance. Repentance is man's part of salvation. Forgiveness is God's part. And when you do what you know you need to do, God will do his part. God can, will, and only forgive to the extent of our repentance. And you know what? There's no substitute for repentance. A shallow repentance 
will bring about a shallow religious experience. This modern theory of accepting Jesus and joining the church, being baptized over unconfessed and unforgiving sin is nothing short of deception. We'll have more conversions when we have more repentance. And we'll have more repentance when we preach on it more. Amen. Then, my friend, we're on our way to the highway of holiness. Next thing you got to do is turn right on Believing Boulevard. Every seeking sinner must turn right on Believing Boulevard. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. There's one thing God will not do. God will not believe for you. You can pray and you can ask God and the saints can pray, the preacher can pray, the counselor can pray and ask God to help your unbelief. But it's you, my friend, that must take that step of faith. A lot of people want salvation by feelings. They come to the altar and they think they're supposed to pray till they feel a certain way. But feelings can let you down. We're not saved by feeling. We're saved by grace through faith that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Somebody said, you don't think there's no feelings? Yes, thank God there's feelings that come with this. But that's not what we're counting on. The Bible said, whosoever believeth is saved. We're saved by believing and repenting. The writer of Hebrews makes the promise For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Here's what I believe. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed for every individual under the sound of my voice, but that blood will never be applied except where it is accepted by faith. Amen. Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Not only did the Philippian jailer have to turn right on Repentance Road, he had to turn right on Believing Boulevard. He really wanted to be saved and he said to Paul there, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, just turn right on Believing Boulevard. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. When you meet the conditions in God's word, God saves you every time. God keeps his word. We may not keep our word, but God always keeps his word. This was a plain and simple and effectual direction. They did not advise him to delay. They did not encourage him to wait for the mercy of God. They just advised him to believe at once. In dozens of scriptures in the word of God, Salvation is promise to the person that'll turn right on Believing Boulevard. And that includes you, my friend. I believe there's another step that a person must take. In Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I believe it's good when people 
make professions to get saved, to confess that with their mouth publicly. They don't have to give no long testimony, but to make a public confession, God has saved me. Amen. I call that confession cultifacts. Amen. You got to turn down there. And once you do that, you turn right on the highway of holiness and stay on the highway of holiness. The highway of holiness leads you straight to heaven. And a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, though fools shall not err therein. Enter ye in at the straight gate. That's the highway of holiness. Amen. I looked up in Proverbs 4:27. Turn not to the right hand, nor turn to the left. That's what gets folks in trouble. They turn one way or the other. But get on the highway of holiness. Friend, the highway of holiness is a straight street all the way to glory. That's all you got to do. If you're saved, stay on the highway of holiness and you'll hear him say, well done. There's many roads that veer off. And if you're not careful, you'll be tempted to take one of those roads. But stay on the highway of holiness. Some of you, if you'll be honest with me, you're traveling the broad way that leads to destruction. Destruction may be much closer than you think that it is. It's very simple, friend. We've went through the steps how you can get on the highway of holiness. Be on your way to heaven instead of on your way to hell. Don't keep traveling the road that leads to destruction. Get off of that road. Let's get on the highway of holiness. Amen. Let's go to heaven together. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.